Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Operators Weekly Roundup. The Weekly Roundup is a show for people who like to stay updated with the latest developments from the Indian startup ecosystem. A huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Park Avenue. And of course, a lot of great developments took place last week. Mukesh Ambani went on record and made a very bold claim that India will become a $40 trillion economy by our centennial year of independence, which will be in 2047. PhonePay is all set to become the most valuable fintech player in India. They are in talks to raise additional funds at a valuation of $12 billion. Amagi has acquired US-based streaming service called Streamwise to advance its analytical suite. And Karnataka government has decided to cap the convenience fee of auto rides and cab rides as 5%. In other news, we have Amazon that has recently shut down its edtech business, has now announced that it will be stopping its food delivery business as well. And Khata Book has had a stellar year recording a 4x growth in revenue. More about that in this week's roundup, so stay tuned. Roshan, the FIFA is in full swing. And wow, this year is turning out to be like the year of the underdog. Yeah, but for what's sure. What's your thoughts as to like, you know, who are going to make it on the top of the tables? See, truth be told, I've only watched the highlights. I haven't really watched the, the match uh, in action as such. Uh, but yeah, Japan beating Germany, right? I mean, last roundup, I thought we said, you know, Germany was going to be one of the favourites. <laughs> So some folks have said that, you know, the the, the climate uh, seems to favor nations which have the similar sort of climate, right? So Iran, Saudi Arabia and so on. But even so, I think the, the quality of football has been amazing. Of course, I'm disappointed with uh, Messi, but Cristiano Ronaldo has, uh, you know, made history, right? I mean, a fantastic, fantastic Yeah, he's stuff. broken, I think, three records, right? Yeah. One is he scored in five different World Cups. He has become the youngest player from Portugal to score in a World Cup. Is all, and with this, the 2022 World Cup, he's become the oldest person from Port, like, in Amazing. the team to True score legend. a goal. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Fantastic. Just a, a, an all-round legend, I should say. But also, we had some other very eventful things happening uh, last week, right? I mean, uh, the Australian Parliament has uh, approved the free trade agreement with India. And, you know, I think I mentioned this uh, some time back. FTAs are an amazing, amazing uh, economic activity, right? I mean, because... Uh, so, right now, if you look at it, India exports about $8 billion and then we import around... 16 billion or so from Australia. Uh, total uh, economic uh, import export would be around 25 billion, which is uh, still a very small part of the 400 billion dollars of export uh, that we do, right? Uh, import and export that we do, trade that we do. But this will this will spur that further. You know, I mean, uh, you could see garments, jewelry, and of course tech, right? I mean, we have so many tech folks here as well. So. So that could be really interesting. The finance minister also announced uh, 400 new Vande Bharat uh, trains as well. And considering that railways is the nerve center for logistics in India, that could be very, very interesting. Uh, you know, we, we just recently spoke about uh, the Bengaluru-Mysuru train, right? Vande Bharat train that was inaugurated by Prime Minister Modi some time back. So this is all essential for, you know, cost of logistics and travel and transport to come down in India. So yeah, all around very good stuff. Awesome. Okay, but going back to FIFA, right? When this week started, Geo Cinema came at a lot of slack both on Twitter and other platforms. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> Just like how, you know, given the quality of the stream, right? Thank God they fixed it. Otherwise, there would have been a lot yeah, of... Yeah, they fixed it and they fixed it fabulously, right? I mean, that multi-camera view and everything. Yeah. Pretty spectacular. Yeah, great stuff. Yep. So, uh, with that, uh, Amagi, which is a global leader in providing broadcast, SaaS-based broadcast solutions uh, to its customers, They've announced that it has acquired US-based company called Streamwise to advance its data analytics suite. Now, they have not disclosed the amount they have paid for this acquisition, but of course, it's really going to strengthen its data solutions capabilities and, and offer more services to its customers. I think in the next few months, they'll be integrating this with the core platform as well. But talking about streaming services, right? I mean, we have IPL coming up. 
right and what we are seeing is licenses for broadcasting and on ott platforms mm. is being sold separately from than of than of traditional yeah. broadcasting so how do you see this going and what does this mean for you know marketers like you and me see ott is the present and future there's no doubting that at all and amage is building that whole cloud infrastructure for the media industry new media industry right uh, and they're a fabulous fabulous startup one of the one of my favorites at least and we've spoken about them a couple of times at least on the podcast earlier right i mean they did a fundraise i think about a month back or two months back or something so so this again will kind of strengthen their core capabilities in terms of ad insertion analytics and so on right so yeah i mean this is uh, fantastic and i think given the whole macro environment also right i mean i think you should see a lot more mna activity uh, in maybe 2 3 months it might even peak i would say right i would stick my neck out and say that i mean you might see a lot more tempered valuations people might uh, be able to acquire uh, companies for 5 6 or 7 times the revenue rather than you know 20 times or 30 times the <laughs> revenue as the you know what some founders may expect so it's a it's a good time to shop i mean if you're if you have a good balance sheet i think it's a it's a great time to shop i think yeah so talking about good times we as a country are moving on to the final 25 years until our centennial year of independence which will be 2047 and mukesh ambani in a recently concluded convocation ceremony at one of the universities in bangalore has claimed that india will become a 40 trillion dollar wow. economy right and this is because we are entering what is our amrit kal and this will present itself a lot of opportunities for business growth both in terms of clean energy uh, petrochemicals uh, logistics and, and much more so presently i think india's gdp stands close to 3 trillion dollars and you know in the next 25 years we're expecting a jump of more than 10x right and with that india will also become one of the top 3 economies worldwide mm. now how realistic do you think that is i mean some of these large macro numbers uh, just flow right over my head but i mean as my friend harshma dusudan often says right what's a few billion dollars or what's a few trillion dollars among friends gautam adani had mentioned that you know we are looking at a 30 trillion dollar economy by uh, 2040 was it or uh, 2050 and uh, mukesh ambani has just upped the optimism a little more and both of them have massive skin in the game right i mean obviously for their businesses to sort of succeed i mean india has to grow at that rate and just requires compounding you know i mean it requires like steady compounding from here to then uh and we've been seeing you know a lot of the industrial policy a lot of the geopolitics as well we just spoke about the fta for example mm-hmm. right now this fta is a fantastic opportunity for us to leverage right uh, and to take advantage of everything is lining up in such a way that you know india can capture it and it's up to us it's up to us to like sort of take advantage of this i think so yeah i mean it's a it's a great thing and you know we we spoke about geo cinema as well now geo's digital investments right i mean if it really pans out the way they have expected right i mean it's it's going to be massive 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 right uh not just uh, digital i mean even the clean energy initiatives and so on right both in fact adani and ambani have invested a shit ton of money in all of these yeah, uh, and- large infrastructure projects and so on right so so yeah i mean i i would love for that to happen you know yeah, I mean, last week adani also announced they're going to be investing a few million dollars in creating its own super app as well connecting folks from airports to ports yeah but but yeah i mean that why not right i mean I have a feeling you know one of these guys will acquire Paytm or something like that you know the Paytm is already down to I think 3 billion or something 3 and a half billion right so might be a a decent chunk of change to offer and then acquire for the national brand and for the number of users that they have and I think you know for whatever revenue that they're doing yeah but sadly last week one of the greatest icons of India's consumer growth story passed away uh, Aris Khambatta who was the founder of the iconic brand Rasna 
had uh, suffered a massive cardiac arrest. Yeah, so decades back, uh, he had inherited the business from his father. And from there, he went on to build the probably one of the world's largest fruit concentrate businesses. And he has been awarded a lot of civil awards. He even received the National Citizens Award for Outstanding Contributions in the Field of Commerce. Right? And now when I'm thinking back into about Rasna, their marketing campaigns really stood out for me. There was Amazing. this one girl... Yeah. Who said, yeah, I love Rasna or something. I love you, Rasna. I love you, Rasna. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, some great stories we have had. Were you born in 97 or something? Yeah, but I still see videos. Okay. So, yeah, you watch them on YouTube. You I actually YouTube. watched them. <laughs> I watched them on TV, you know. And, uh, yeah, the, that I love you, Rasna ad is just stuck in my head, actually. I mean, when this, uh, when I saw this news last week, I was thinking back to those times. Rasna was so ubiquitous in my childhood. For those who were wondering, I'm probably 10 years older than Gunjan. So, yeah, might not seem like it, but yeah. Anyway, Rasna was the favorite uh, brand among preteens uh, of my time, you know. Whether it was a birthday party or just some family function, you know. It was just uh, uh, on offer. Very, very sad. And uh, Mr. Kambata had also had done a lot of philanthropic work as well. So... Yeah, you'll be remembered for many, many decades and many years to come, for sure. And uh, as a tribute, uh, if you want to have a look at uh, the ad which we're talking about, here it is. You know what daddy tells mommy? He says, I love you. Every time mommy gives me Rasna, so what I say, you know? But you can't have Rasna. Okay, I will take two. One for me, one for you. Orangey, orangey, Rasna is for me. I love you, Rasna. Folks, uh, if you haven't already uh, pressed the subscribe button to the channel to receive regular updates, please do it now so that you don't miss out on the content that I put out on a regular basis. Okay, one of the major headlines last week was that PhonePay is set to become India's most valuable fintech. And uh, they are in talks with General Atlantic to raise additional funds at a valuation of over $12 billion. If this deal goes through, uh, PhonePay will join an elite club of Decacons in India, which has the likes of Flipkart and Baiju's in the list. PhonePay's valuation will also surpass that of Paytm when it went public, right? Mm -hmm. And given the current market valuations, payment is down 60% of its value. And currently, RazorPay is $7.5 billion, which is the most valuable fintech right now. And that will also soon be overtaken. Yeah. No, we're talking about a funding winter. We're talking about valuations being tempered, right? PhonePay is raising at a 59x valuation of their uh, revenue, right? PhonePay's revenue is around 200 million or something. And this is in stark, stark contrast to what's happening with Paytm in the public markets, right? Paytm is probably around 600 million in revenue and they're trading at three and a half billion, right? The difference is the rate of growth, right? Uh, the rate of growth between, you know, Paytm and PhonePay, I think has been doubled. Paytm grew about 77% and I think uh, PhonePay has grown in that same period around 139% or something. So yeah, fantastic differences in both of these businesses uh, as such. And uh, the advantage that PhonePay also has is that, you know, they, they're owned by uh, Walmart, right? And so, I mean, Walmart kind of underwrites the uh, the valuation and so on. So they can command that price. But uh, I mean, you also have General Atlant Atlantic, for example, investing in PhonePay, right? Uh, General Atlantic had famously declined to invest in Flipkart way back when. So they are kind of making up for that uh, entire thing. Very, very interesting, I should say, you know, I mean, uh, acquiring PhonePay was, I think, you know, I mean, we've mentioned this earlier, one of the smartest things that uh, Flipkart did, right? And, uh, and then hiving it off. 
So the previous valuation, maybe a couple of years back or so, was around five billion. Uh, with this, they're more than doubling the yeah. the valuation. And phone pay has played a very different game, right, compared to you know Paytm and the others, right? Well, while the rest of them have you know built everything from scratch, whether it is ticketing or whether it is you know some of the financial instruments and so on, phone pay has kind of seen itself as a distributor, right? And they've invested in you know partnerships, QR codes, and all of that. I mean. Even a few years back, they were sort of behind Google Pay and Paytm in terms of UPI transactions and so on. Now, now like they're a major player, right? Fantastic stuff. Yeah. yeah, and right now they're also in talks with Zest, with Zest Money to acquire them. Yeah, Zest Money hasn't been doing too well uh, from you know what I hear, right? And uh, I think the whole BNPL segment has been badly hit after the RBI came out with this ruling, right? Against loading your prepaid wallets with credit lines as such. And also, I mean, aside from that, saying that, hey, why don't you go out and get an NBFC license, right? I mean, some of these fintechs were acting as a go-between between the consumer and the, well, most of the fintechs, in fact, between the consumer and the NBFC. And uh, they were acquiring some of that credit risk without having any of the regulatory implications. Yeah, right? they were I mean, like faults in KYC checks and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So... So, yeah, I mean, given all of that, I think BNPL was, uh, and also given the macro environment, given the interest rates tightening, you know, maybe the consumer spend slowing a little bit, it would have been hard for, um, you know, the, the these players anyway. And for PhonePay, I mean, PhonePay hasn't been really active in that lending space as such, right? So, with Zest Money, they have a, they have a nice symbiotic relationship there, right? I mean, Zest Money has these, uh, you know, point of sale loan options. And it's integrated with Amazon, Flipkart, bunch of these merchants as well. And, you know, PhonePay obviously has, a you know, tens of thousands of merchants working with them. And so this can be like an easy integration. So, yeah, I mean, could make sense for sure. Like I said, I mean, now is a great time for, uh, you know, uh, some of these larger startups to go shopping. Yeah. This episode of the Startup Operator Podcast is brought to you by Park Avenue. Now that we're all back at the office meeting colleagues and clients, It's time to ditch those PJs and look sharp with Park Avenue's range of 100% cotton wrinkle-free shirts. They're super easy to maintain and keep you looking fresh through the day. So my fellow startup operators, visit the Park Avenue store or myraymond.com and check out the new wrinkle-free shirt collection. Well, talk about shopping. If you're in the markets to buy your first electric vehicle, then there's some good news. Uh, Ultraviolet, finally, after five years of rigorous R&D testing, they have come up with their awaited super sports bike. F77 Hyperbike. Uh, that has a starting price tag of around 3.8 lakhs rupees and goes all the way up to 5.5 lakhs for its limited edition. Narayan Subramanyam, who is the co-founder and CEO of Ultraviolet, and we also had him in our podcast as well. He said that F77 is the most powerful electric two-wheeler in India with industry-first tech architecture and features. Along with that, we also have Praveg Dynamics, who is aiming to bring on the road, India's first electric SUV as early as the next calendar year. Praveg also has been into has been researching and developing its uh, vehicle for over 11 years, I think. And this just shows that you don't have to be the first to bring the good product. You just need to take your time yeah. and make sure you bring out the best product in the market. Something yeah. we have seen TVS, sorry, something we have seen Hero do. No, uh, Jason Lemkin has this great tweet on, you know, uh, advantages of being early in a market, right? And it's basically disadvantages, but he says nobody really understands your uh, product, right? There are no competitors to benchmark. Consumers uh, really haven't started spending on your product yet and so on and so forth, right? He goes on. I mean, we should probably link to that tweet. It's fantastic. So I think being early in the market, sometimes it has advantages, but also I feel it's kind of overrated. And ultraviolet, you know, both Narayan and Neeraj are like core product guys, right? I mean, these guys are proper product R&D guys and know them. 
for a while now and uh, they've invested years and years right i mean literally everyone has been asking you know when the when will the bike come out and uh, it's great that you know they they finally launched the vehicle and narayan keeps posting videos on twitter you know yeah, testing in various uh, <laughs> various crazy situations and so on climbing up and down the stairs on uh, that inspires a lot of confidence really because it's a more powerful bike as well it's not one of your ola moped yeah, types so it's a 40 bhp bike yeah yeah and so i mean i'm glad that you know they put in the time and effort to sort of iron out all the chinks as such so so yeah this is fantastic well yeah and you know even with praveg dynamics right i think one of their goals for the suv is to tie up with cab aggregators like uber and ola and couple of weeks back uber ola rapido they come, came under a lot of scrutiny by the karnataka government in terms of them operating autos as taxis right so the karnataka high court came out with a ruling which is capping their convenience fee at 5% couple of rounds back we also discussed how the auto union of bangladesh come up with the namma yatri app to take advantage of the situation so hopefully now there'll be more availability of autos on the road for uh, bangaloreans last week was also a tough week for amazon it seems uh, they had announced that they're shutting down its uh, edtech business and surprisingly I had no idea that amazon had an tech business as well amazon is literally like the everything store right? yeah so yeah yeah apart from shutting down its tech vertical it's also rolling back its operations uh, on its food delivery business i think they have sent notifications to its restaurant partners saying the services will stop from 29th of december but support and other services for compliance and regulatory reasons will continue till the end of this fiscal but both edtech and food delivery businesses really became like hot topics when the covid hit right back yeah. in 2020 2021 and now we are seeing a tech giant like amazon rolling back on those operations now this must for surely send a lot of signals into the market yeah. how do you think this will pan out no, so 2021 was a time for everyone to have these grand experiments right whether it's food tech edtech whatever it is and so if you had cash i mean you tried a bunch of these businesses to see what could uh, come out of it and given the macro situation right now is not that great everyone sort of tightening their purse strings right and and they're taking a realistic che- check on you know what experiments really worked and what uh, haven't and amazon as well along with the you know facebook and bunch of these other companies have let go of people right i mean by the thousands so everyone's just getting leaner on their uh, you know balance sheet basically right and making sure that you know there are no wasteful expenditures as such and you know these businesses like food tech especially is a very hard business right very very operations heavy business and even with amazon's level of expertise on logistics and operations i think it must still be a strain on the bottom line and i guess that's why they've sort of decided to shut down these businesses so in the beginning of this round up we were talking about you know india's growth and i think this growth in the country is of course coming from the digital you know initiatives taken at the tier 2 tier 3 cities and khata book which you know kind of revolutionized the way kirana stores uh, owners work helping them take inventory get, giving them access to credit and helping with the order books as well they announced that they had a growth in revenue of over 4x in this fiscal they had enough money in the banks to chase scale as it scooped up 100 million dollars in a series c round which was raised at a valuation of close to 600 million dollars they also took steps to strengthen its core bookkeeping process even shut down its e-commerce enablement app mystore i mean you were right on talking about letting go of operations that are not really yielding that much profits and right now the company is betting big on its uh, lending vertical and is likely to be the anchor revenue ga- generating source for the company in the coming years that's a great story i think forex growth in revenues while the sort of headwinds uh, going on so really like kudos to the team 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Katabuk uh, has grown like phenomenally well, right? I mean, we had the VP of growth at uh, Katabuk uh, sometime back on the podcast, uh, maybe a year and a half or so ago, yeah. where he spoke about how they grew to one crore one MSL, crore uh, which is a phenomenal number, right? I mean, uh, so so they really, really understand customer acquisition at scale for sure, right? Yeah, and and their business model as well, right? Which is the whole SaaS plus financing sort of a model is again something where they can make a lot of money and they have a massive loan book as well, right? So yeah, interesting. I mean, very good uh, work, I should say. And of course, I mean, given that, you know, last year and a half, two years, I mean, businesses have been stressed. Uh, Kathabu could have had a, uh, you know, would have had a good opportunity to sort of, you know, increase their loan book and so on. So yeah. No, but all of this has been made possible, you know, with this tier two, tier three places getting access to 4G, right? And mm. by 2025, you know, a lot of reports are saying that 75% of the network in India will be 5G. Yeah. Right. I think a lot more innovations will come out once that happens. Yeah, my friend Rajiv Mantri says that the next generation of like the Kiranawalas and so on, right? I mean, those guys are extremely tech savvy, right? I mean, the sons who are taking up the father's business, the sons and the daughters, right? And and they are using all of this uh, technology to take the existing traditional businesses to the next level. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, there is, there's like massive potential on that front. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some of the major fundraise deals uh, from the week before. Fintech startup uh, India Gold has closed its Series A funding round at $22 million. And it saw participation from investors such as Alpha Wave, 314 Capital, PayU, and Leo Capital. It was launched in 2020 by Deepak Abbott, who we have had in the podcast as well. And along with his co founder Nitin Mishra, and they both have experience in creating and leading financial products for Paytm. Procmart, which was founded in 2015, is an enterprise-focused MRO or maintenance, repair, and overhaul aggregator with a technologically-enabled digital platform. They have raised $10 million in a fundraising round that was spearheaded by Sixth Sense Ventures. Indigenous microblogging platform Koo have received $6.3 million as part of its ongoing uh, fundraise. And Tata 1MG-owned HealthCard has raised close to $65 million in funding from Temasek Holdings and A91 Partners. This is also the company's first funding round this year. So some really interesting fundraisers, but very interesting to see there's only one large size uh, check from the week. Yeah, but the Series A 22 million is significant as well uh, in these circumstances, for sure. India Gold is a is a great business, right? I mean, we've often talked about how, you know, Indians have the you know the highest investment on, on gold uh, uh, anywhere in the world. And we've had Deepak Abbott on the podcast as well talking about, you know, this whole growth uh, function as such, right? And and I see him as one of the pioneers in India, at least. Interestingly, I mean, it was profiled on Bloom's uh, anthology yeah. as well, right? Uh, of podcasts. Uh, do check it out if you haven't already seen it. So so yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very interesting fundraiser, I should say. And of course, Healthcart as well, right? I mean, yeah. Um, yeah so some interesting uh, fundraisers going on. So I think sometime this month, Koo also went live in Brazil, and I think over a short period of time. It became Brazil's one of the most downloaded applications. So what was built as India's indigenous uh, Twitter mm. is now becoming the most downloaded apps uh, in other countries as well. Awesome. So interesting to see that how that will pan out. And I think we're also having someone from Ku in our podcast. Yeah, Apramaya, right? I mean, he was supposed to uh, uh, get on the podcast, but we're not able to sync our schedules and so on. So, so and probably I want to do this busy in person as well. With this app <laughs> Probably because he's busy getting Brazilians to download the app. Huh? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic story, you know. I really feel that, you know, it's time for Brazil, Nigeria, emerging economies like uh, uh, these, right, to have their own digital applications, infrastructure and so on, and their own ecosystem as well. 
we don't have to live under the western hegemony in some sense right uh, so so yeah i mean fabulous news on that front yeah so for this week's uh, park avenue powerpoint we have a, some good news for all the elon musk fans out there in a recent tweet by liz wheeler uh, she tweets that if apple and google boot twitter from their app stores elon musk should produce his own smartphones to which elon musk replies i certainly hope it does not come to that but yes if there is no other choice i will make an alternate phone so do you th- do you think we'll very soon <laughs> see a a tesla powered phone or something like that <laughs> see you, I, i know it sounds ridiculous but you can't really rule it out okay i mean if it really does come to that and you know google and apple have been playing their fiefdoms right i mean meta has also complained about you know apple's restrictions and so on so if it comes to that i mean why not you know uh, the guy can build cars and rockets i mean he can he can definitely build phones as well but do you really think it's i mean it's that easy because facebook also came up with a came out with its own feature phone but i don't think that's so any light of day well i mean we'll see right i mean if it happens it happens right but i do think that you know some of these companies are at a scale at this point of time where they will do the whole you know apps to devices to infrastructure transition right i mean we just spoke about you know amazon using their own internal email client right i mean uh, a lot of these folks will start like you know investing in their own cloud services and what not because again at their scale right they don't want to be tethered to another perhaps competing business so yeah i mean whereas i, I mean I, i do feel that this is a bit of a long shot in terms of elon producing like tesla phones or whatever it is but uh, hey you can't rule it out i should say well but uh, yeah this this might as well happen because the sort of software upgrades they push out on tesla it's yeah. it's, it's massive right no not just that i mean tesla right now today has one of the most cutting edge ai uh, research uh, programs uh, as well right i mean absolutely amazing so so yeah and and there's you know a lot of fuss about uh, the antitrust uh, stuff that's been happening with some of these big tech guys right apple google and so on the department of justice has pulled them up multiple congressional hearings have happened and so on so yeah i mean this is this could be an opportunity for someone like elon to say that hey i mean i'll make my own store right so uh, before wrapping up this episode uh, roshan why don't you tell us with some of the conversations you have had this week yeah so i spoke to prateek gupta who is uh, one of the co-founders of zoom media and interestingly you know he was the co-founder or he is the co-founder of foxy moron as well which is one of the best uh, digital slash creative agencies in the country and i remember hearing about them you know 13 or 14 years ago uh, right college kids who started this and today it's become like an agency collective right they have 11 different arms all you know pursuing different things like video production and so on and so forth right so yeah i mean very very interesting uh, conversation on how to run a services business how to run an agency business and how uh, you know how things have changed basically what customers expect these days and we also dissed some of the uh, traditional advertising firms as well which was uh, a lot of fun uh then we also have marcus uh, rani uh, dr marcus rani who is uh, you know the founder of the human edge uh, i spoke to him about you know stuff that i'm really passionate about uh, fitness and wellness and all of those things yeah a very very nice uh, episode coming up on that front slightly offbeat where we talk about health rather than uh, you know the startup stuff but yeah very very interesting as well all right folks so that's it for this week's roundup uh, if you haven't already please do like this video and subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss out on any updates and click on the whatsapp link in the description below if you want all of these updates to be delivered straight into your inbox apart from that do follow us on our social channels as well on twitter on linkedin and on your favorite podcast platform and please do leave us a review as it helps people like you discover our content Apart from that, do reach out to us uh, with what we can do better the next time. And until then, have a great week, and we'll see you again on next Sunday. Thanks.
थैंक यू सी यू अगेन